When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Barnyard with Steve Roberts, and as always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Roberts. And here on the magnificent Monday edition of The Yard, we've got a lot to talk about today. This is our last show before National Signing Day, so let me give you a little programming note. We will wait and record the Barnyard Wednesday after all of the signees are in and kind of review the class. Unless... I got a wild hair tomorrow night and decide, you know what? Hey, let's do a preview. So we'll see. I haven't completely ruled that out, but that's the plan today. The plan today is to wait and just record later on Wednesday. Once the class is final, we'll come back Friday, have a normal show. But we'll see. You never know. Maybe you guys can talk me into it. We'll see. We'll see. Now that I think about it, maybe I will do that. We'll just, we'll just see. I don't want to get out there too much and make any commitments because I never know what tomorrow is going to bring, right? A lot of time on the phone. That sort of stuff. Sometimes I don't have time to sit down and spend a couple hours and put a show together like this. So I got to always plan ahead. Top story of the day, Janari Dean, Mississippi State defensive back in the NCAA transfer portal. We were able to break that news over at jeanspage.com. Happily. Not happy about him leaving, but happy to break the news. I've always said that even when it's bad news, it's better that you guys hear it from us first. I still believe that. You know, we won't take any glee in the misfortune. But here's the deal with Janari Dean. Janari wants to play running back. He's not going to play running back at Mississippi State. You know, we tried him at safety. And you go back to the very first year he was here, he tore his meniscus, had to miss the whole year, and he was doing really well, basically running as a two-deeper as a true freshman. So we really expected some big things from him. He was a South Panola guy that uh, had a ton of offers. Chose to stay in state. Was a big Joe Moorhead guy. Got Joe Moorhead up on the horse. Janari's a country guy. Really fit Mississippi State really well. Comes back from the torn meniscus. Has a pretty good camp. Looks like he's running too deep. Next thing you know, he's running special teams. We move him to corner for a while. We take some in-season reps at corner. We move him back to safety for bowl practice. Now he is elected to go in the portal. So here's the deal. A couple things I want to say about this. There's nothing wrong. Janari Dean has to make a good decision for himself. And if he doesn't think he's going to be able to play defensive back at Mississippi State and he really wants a ball in his hands on offense, the best chance for him is somewhere else. And that's okay. That's okay. We wish him the best. He came in here, gave us a good effort for a couple years. It didn't work out. He had three tackles this year, including two against Vanderbilt. I mean, he didn't play a whole lot. Played nine games. Not a lot of production. Not to say that he wouldn't have eventually played his way on the two deep and maybe been a solid contributor in the secondary. But the reality of it is, is that, you know, as thin as we are at safety, if you couldn't see the field this year, it probably means you're not going to play safety at Mississippi State. Just kind of the, the harsh truth of it. So the NCAA transfer portal gives him a chance to kind of reboot his recruitment. Have no clue who will be interested in him at this late juncture. But one of the things about transfers that maybe is a little bit different is they can wait and sign up until the drop ad date at their new school. You may recall Jalen Green did the same thing uh, last year. 
I guess earlier this year. So you will see some guys maybe their transfers not sign on Wednesday. Some will, those that have already made their decision. Others will delay their decision and then, you know, make the final call somewhere around Christmas or thereafter. You remember Jadarius Perkins from Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College initially had planned to announce his decision on Christmas Day in honor of his grandmother. That ends up getting delayed after we all spent all day waiting for that, had our story ready to go. Didn't work out. He goes to Missouri, ends up in a transfer portal, goes to Florida. So I say that, so just because, you know, tomorrow if you see, hey, well, what's going on with so-and-so, doesn't mean anything. They still got time to figure it out. So Gennari doesn't have to make a decision by Wednesday. Now, maybe he does, but he doesn't have to. He could prolong this process and, uh, you know, for a few more weeks, you're basically looking at a month or so. Uh, to kind of get to a new school. just kind of depends on what he's looking for. And I've got no doubt that he will have an opportunity. There are a lot of guys that go into transfer portal, too. I saw some numbers a while back. Over 50% of the names in a transfer portal are walk-ons looking for a scholarship opportunity somewhere. You know, a lot of times people think, oh, they go in the portal. Well, we're just so you know acutely aware of it at our school. But the reality of it is there's a lot of people in the portal that are not scholarship guys. They're guys that are seeking a scholarship opportunity, even if it's at a lower level. But the reality of it is, is most of the players that go in the portal don't get signed. Gennari will get signed. Somebody will sign him. That guy's a very talented player and an outstanding young man. This is one of those guys, if you sat down with him, you know, over a meal or something and had a chance to really get to know him, you'd say, you know what, I would hire this guy. So we wish him the best. And that's three defensive players now that have hit the portal for Mississippi State Uh, since the season began. Of course, you guys are aware Rodney Gross left the team shortly after the boneheaded penalty against LSU that was kind of the difference in the ballgame in many respects. State had some momentum there. We get a stop, we're ready to get off the field, and he gets called for leaping, gives LSU a first down. They go right down and score and essentially put the game away, even though we came back and made it interesting late. It was a crucial play at a crucial time in the ballgame. This is not the Boy Scouts. This is the Southeastern Conference. And again, you know, the bottom line is he made a mistake, and I don't know if that factored in the decision or not, but he left. Aaron Brule has announced that he is transferring to Michigan State. That was a loss for sure. I mean, there's no, there's no sugarcoating that. The bottom line is that he wants to be a dude. He wants to be a guy. The way that Nathaniel Watson and Jed Johnson are playing right now at linebacker, probably not going to play here. He was down significantly in his snap count this year compared to last year. Probably looking at more of the same next year. So he made a decision. He has his college degree in hand, graduated this December. He will be a Mississippi State alum forever. But he's elected to go somewhere else. Gross headed to Arizona State. And, you know, my thing is, like, especially if they're leaving the conference, hey, you know, hey, go do the best, man. Go be an All-American right? Didn't work out here. Let's hope it works out somewhere else. And that's kind of the same with Janari Dean. You know, we had some transfers last year and people were a little more bitter about it. You know, like the, the couple guys that went to Florida State, Fabian Lovett and Jerry and Jones. Not that we had any issues with Florida State's recruitment of them. We had some issues with how Ole Miss recruited them. Ultimately, they signed with Ole Miss and then were released from their, their national letter of intent and then free to go to Florida State. Probably a good decision from Ole Miss to do that rather than fight the issue. The evidence would not have been good. Uh, but the reality of it is, is that, you know, hey, 
there are going to be players, especially with the portal, that maybe in the past didn't think about transferring and today say, you know what, I'm going to take advantage of this and give myself a shot somewhere else. So we're seeing some of that. And we have benefited from the portal too. You forget Makai Polk, Jameer Calvin, Jalen Green, Randy Charlton. Those guys have come in here and been key contributors. So the portal, portal taketh and the portal giveth. There's always some balance with it. One of the things I want to say, and I talk about the Facebook groups in time and time on here, but some things I want to say before we get into uh, the meat of the show. There are a lot of people that love Mississippi State. They do. Some more than others. And there are some that kind of love to hate Mississippi State. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, I like Mississippi State when we're winning, but, man, when we're losing. And it's like they don't understand a lot of things, like portal and recruiting, that that sort of stuff. There are sometimes we'll drop a, a recruit. It's our decision. That's not always the case. You know, Jordan Thomas was a guy that committed to Mississippi State of Montgomery, and he flirted with Tennessee most of the process and eventually committed to Tennessee. That was not a situation where we dropped him. That's just the reality of life. Now, his teammate, different deal. It was kind of a calf-cow deal. Well, we're not going to keep the calf if we can't get the cow. So we, we make a decision there. We process a guy. But what happens is, is people take these, oh, my gosh, what is happening? You know, I, I'm, I just can't even begin to imagine you sitting at home and clutching your pearls as you read this stuff. You know, most of the time, many people don't have most of the story. They're, it's rare that we get all the story. We get most of the story over at jeanspage.com. And listen, we don't have the corner of the market on the truth now. I'll be the first to admit that. There are times we get beat on stuff. Pretty rare, but there are times. But the reality of it is, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is this guy's in a portal and this guy decommitted. They don't understand that maybe perhaps some of that was Mississippi State's decision. And so we jump on board with we want to blame Mississippi State first. Well, something's got to be wrong. Can't believe we're having all these guys leave. And then, you know, then I go say, well, you know, well, this school's got 10 players in the portal. Do you think something's wrong there? Right? That's the reality of life. It's like we're just more acutely aware of these things at our place because we think it all boils down to us. We don't realize what's happening in other schools. And that's okay, too. I forget, too, London Craft also in the portal. You know, a guy that, um, you know, played really hard for us last year, but he was a walk-on guy. It was going to be difficult for him to, um, you know, to break the two deep. So, and just so you guys know, too, you know, we got four kids counting him in the portal. Uh, so does Alabama. Maybe, maybe you didn't know. Is something wrong in Alabama? But Steve, no. No, but Steve. If that's the, uh, if that's the barometer of our success is how many guys are in the portal, then uh, maybe we need to take a look at that. Alabama has four. Arkansas has four in the portal. Is something wrong at Arkansas? I don't know. Maybe we need to talk to that. I mean, Sam and I have had some decommitments over the year, too. Maybe that's an issue. And, and let, me, let me break some more news for you, too. Auburn, <laughs> Bo Nix's name went in the portal today. That'll make one, two, three, four, five, six, seven names in the portal for Auburn. Is something wrong at Auburn? You guys can pick. I mean, you, I'm, you're the guys that are passing judgment on all this. The University of Florida. Let me run this down for you too, because again, I'm here to inf- I'm here to help. You know that, right? I'm here to help. 
Let's count them together. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players in the portal this year from the University of Florida. Is something wrong at Florida? Well, they made a coaching change. You know, maybe that's part of it. You guys may, again, you guys can make that determination on your own. Let's look at a couple other schools, right? The University of Kentucky, one of the media darlings within our conference, which is still so incredibly stupid. Let's run it down for you. Because I get the real, well, Steve, I don't understand Kentucky's beat us in recruiting rankings. Okay, well, let's just count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players in the portal from the University of Kentucky. And we beat them this year. I don't know if you guys remember that, but we beat them this year. LSU. And that's always kind of the standard, right? We're trying to catch LSU and Alabama. Let's count together. Deion Smith, Max Jones, Lan Jackson. That's three four-stars leading the portal that just went in a few days ago. Eli Ricks, a five-star in the portal. That gives you four. Miles Brennan, remember him from St. Stan? That gives you five. Nate Harris is six. Navonta Q. Strong, former Mississippi State commitment, is seven. Coy Moore is eight. Eric Taylor, another four-star, is nine. I mean, again, I mean, just, you know, I hope that this is one of those things I'm just trying to maybe give you guys a little bit of uh, some perspective in all this. Let's look at Missouri. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players in the portal from Missouri. Let's look at your second favorite team, the Ole Miss Rebels. Let's see what they've got going on. Maybe you've lost count, right? Like, well, Steve, we don't want to compare ourselves to Ole Miss, but, you know, we've got four kids in the portal, and the world is falling down around us. So let's count Ole Miss here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten kids in the portal. What's going on? What's wrong? Something's got to be happening. We got four in the portal. They got ten. South Carolina, one, two, three, four, five, six in the portal. We just lost a recruit to South Carolina. How in the world could he pick South Carolina when they got six kids in the portal? I don't understand. Makes no sense to me. If the sky is falling because of the portal... Why would a kid decide to go there? It's insane, right? Makes no sense at all to any of us. Let's look at Texas A&M. They had their starting quarterback go in the portal today, and they beat us, guys. And they got three kids in the portal for now. Three. Zach Calzada, Drake Norwood, Antonio Doyle. And finally, let's look at Vanderbilt. You know, nobody really goes to Vanderbilt to play football anyway. They go for the education. You know, so let's look at the transfer portal for them, right? And not, not to mention the baseball stuff. Let's just forget that. So here's Vandy, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine in the portal. Now, Georgia doesn't have anybody in the portal, incredibly, right? So based on what we just ran down, Mississippi State with four is third in the Southeastern Conference with fewest number of players in the portal. But to read some of the message board and social media commentary, things are going wrong. It's crazy. So, again, take a deep breath. 
And every time you see a notes column past your Twitter feed, don't go grab it and run and put it on Facebook and like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to bulldoze the stadium. We're going to drop a D3. You know, look at things in their proper context. People, some of you guys say, well, Steve, you're the voice of reason. I don't know if that's the truth or not. I just try to tell you guys the truth. Things change in recruiting. Things change with young people's lives. You only get a short time in life to play sports. If you're not going to play here or there or somewhere else, you need to go ch- get a chance to go play somewhere else. It's just now you guys are more cognizant of it. But you're not aware of what else is happening around the conference. These things happen. Like we only think of, oh, well, let's go get this kid out of the portal. Again, we got four in the portal. One of them was a walk-on that earned a scholarship this year. We didn't sign him, and that's not in any way a slight on London Craft. He came in here and worked hard for us. But he's not going to play here. So should he stay here and not play just to make some of you feel better, to give you a better perception of Mississippi State football? No. No. He's got to get going, and that's okay. It is okay. So there's your, uh, there's your rant for today. Well, I guess maybe that's not true. Maybe that is a precursor to the rant. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company before we get to that. Bulldog Burger Company, a great place to eat, a great place to work. My nephew Dan worked there for a long time, loved it, still considers many of those people family. Had several of them reach out to me when Dan got married and said, hey, we can't be there today, but give Dan our best. Nice people, man, it is. Part of a great family of restaurants that has served the Golden Triangle and now Central Mississippi for many, many years. The Eat With Us group. Let me encourage you, too. If you know a starving college student or perhaps somebody in your life that could use a night out, go to eatwithus.com and buy them a gift certificate, a gift card from Eat With Us, and they can eat at any of the family of restaurants, including Bulldog Burger Company. Three great locations now to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, and, of course, the brand-new one, Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. Still getting great reviews about that place. Go by and check it out. Have the spring rolls for your appetizer. It is absolutely the best appetizer, for sure. Very filling, too. Very filling. The portions there are out of control, man. You always get your money's worth when you go to Bulldog Burger Company. A lot of other places want your business. They don't always deserve your business. To find folks at Bulldog Burger Company, do. Go check them out today. Have that chocolate shake to grow, go. You'll be glad you did. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. As you should know by now, Madison Ridgeland Academy linebacker Stone Blanton has announced his commitment to South Carolina. We got word yesterday that was going to happen. We shared that over Gene's page. We began to get some rumblings on Saturday from J.C. Sherbert, who has been doing this forever today, South Carolina guy. guy I respect tremendously. Known J.C. a long time. And when J.C. says, man, I'm hearing – he said, I still expect the kid to stay in state, but I'm hearing that South Carolina's – you know, making a late push. And so it kind of sent my radar up. I'm like, hey, what's going on here? So we start making some calls. And in the beginning, people don't want to talk about us. About it. Eventually, I get a phone call from somebody who shall remain anonymous that is a Mississippi State guy, and they did not want you guys to be blindsided with his announcement this morning. They said, you know what, I love this kid, but at the same time, too, I love Mississippi State, and I wish he was going to be a bulldog. And, and I guess you could say, well, he kind of stole the moment. I don't know, maybe he did. But he said, you know what, I just don't want you guys to look bad. He's going to South Carolina. Now, there are a lot of things that I want to say about this, and it's probably going to make some people mad, and I am perfectly okay with that. I am going to tell you exactly what I think about this. Now, first thing that I will tell you 
is the only person that Stone Blanton is responsible to when it comes to his college decision is himself. He's the one that has to live with this. He is the one that when, yeah, when, it, when you're having, when you're having practice and you get your hand stepped on or you get yelled at and cussed at and maybe you're late for a class or maybe you forgot to do your homework or your girlfriend sent you a cryptic message and you can't get a hold of her. He's the guy that's got to deal with all that. Not any of us. We're not shareholders in the decision when they go somewhere else. We're not. His family, you know, obviously they are there to support him, but the reality of it is is that um, they're not going to be there either. Now, they'll be there for ball games and things like that. They'll turn out and go see him play. And, uh, but the reality of it is Stone Blanton has to be true to Stone Blanton. He does. I respect it. And I understand this is part of the recruiting process. I also believe, too, and depending on who you talk to, you know, this might have been a compromise that everybody in his circle of influence could live with. You know, it's difficult for a lot of in-state kids from divided families, and I mean that is in a state Ole Miss variety. It's tough, man. It is. And sometimes we undervalue the stress and anxiety that go along with that. We do. You know, for us, we see it from the Mississippi State side. We think, you know what, hey, it should be an easy decision. He spent his life coming to games at Davis Wade Stadium at Duty Noble Field. He's worn maroon and white. It's been we, right? And some of the first interviews that we had with him, he referred to Mississippi State as we. Well, it's no longer we. It's no longer we. That we no longer includes him. And that's a decision that he made. And, of course, he has to live with that. But here's the reality of it is, if he had picked Ole Miss over Mississippi State, as disappointed as we are today, we'd be downright mad if he had picked Ole Miss. And there are some other people in his life that he cares about. If he had picked Mississippi State, they would feel the same way. And here's the deal, too. I mean, obviously, there's all those people at Madison Ridgewood Academy and things like that. And everybody's going to say, hey, we're going to support you, whatever you do. And that's just all window dressing. Let me just, let me just go ahead and lay it out for you. Let me give you a reality break here. They don't mean that. I mean, people say that because that's what you're expected to say. Well, behind your back, they're like, man, screw that guy. Look what he did to us. Now, there are a few people that'll mean, hey, you know, listen, we just want you to be happy, whatever, you know. And it's like, you know, all the fake civilities in the world make me want to vomit. You know, just say what you mean. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say what I mean. I respect the fact that he had a decision to make for himself. But I got some beef with some of this. I do. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You got fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. And that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. 
You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. I got some beef, and I'm going to lay it out for you. Now, the first thing that I'm going to say about this is that, and I'm going to be careful how I say it, because I don't, I don't want anybody to twist the words, because I know people are like, oh, Steve, you know, you're criticizing. Yeah, yeah. He can go where he wants to, and then I can have whatever reaction I want to have. But let, let me just break it down to you like this. One of the reasons this hurts so bad in the, man, the minds of Mississippi State fans, is that he was one of us, right? And so he knew what it meant to us. He understands in order for us to take the next step as a program in football, you know, we need the better players in the state of Mississippi to come home and to stay home. And when you've got a guy that's grown up in a Mississippi State family, and, and listen, I know his brother Shay went to Ole Miss, but by and large, there's a lot of Mississippi State influence in that family. And so this is a guy that, you know, cheered for us as a young man when Mississippi State had Dak Prescott here, probably had a Dak Prescott jersey. So he knew. He understood the significance of all of this. And so he chose to go somewhere else. And that, that, to a lot of people, is a bitter pill to swallow. It's like this is a guy that grew up among us ringing a cowbell you, you may have been in line with him at the concession stand at some point buying your nachos. 
And he was feeling the same thing you're feeling. Man, it's like either we're winning and we're feeling great or we're losing and feeling bad. But he shared that ride with us and then elected to essentially take his talents elsewhere. And you know what? Again, to thine own self be true. I believe that. Absolutely do. The second beef that I have is, and this is probably more important, because we've had some guys in the past, you know, that grew up in Mississippi State families that went elsewhere. I can think of Blake Barnes out of Baldwin High School, elected to go to Georgia. Didn't play, but he went over there, right? It cut us to the bone, man. You know, it's so difficult to you know, produce quarterbacks sometimes in the state of Mississippi, and then we have a highly touted guy from a very favorable Mississippi State town from a Mississippi State family, and then Blake goes to Georgia. It crushed us, man. Now, listen, we were in transition. You're, to be fair, you know, we're facing probation and all that sort of stuff, and and um, you know, the reality of it is Mississippi State wasn't necessarily a great choice for people that may have been on the fence a little bit. You know, for some of us, and I, I would say it's kind of the select few of us. I really do. I don't think it's the number that we think it was, and I think today is a reminder of that. There are a lot of people that raise their kids differently than I raise mine. So here's how I have kind of approached this myself. And again, I'm not casting any aspersions at you or how you raise your kids or anybody else. You do what you want to do with your life. But as for me and my house, we're Mississippi State people. That's who we are. Now, I have raised my children not to tell them where to go to college, but I have raised them where they have always felt like Mississippi State was the best option to go to college. Well, what could be better than Mississippi State? You know, when Ani was coming up and uh, he was just a little kid, I'm going to tell you guys a quick story. We're playing uh, Bob Morgan football there in Baton Rouge, and if you're familiar with Baton Rouge, you know Bob Morgan football. It's an instructional peewee league. And so all the kids out there, you know, they all got their LSU stickers on their helmets and things like that. And he comes on and he goes, hey, 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 Daddy, I want to get some Mississippi State stickers from my helmet. And so I made a phone call to a local establishment and told them kind of what was going on. And I ordered some stickers. I ordered two. They sent me four. I said, hey, here's something to wear during the season when the season's over. Maybe you want to keep the helmet, put some fresh ones on there. It's really nice of them to do that. They didn't have to do that, but there we were kind of a maroon cork floating in a purple and gold sea, man. And Ani went out there and destroyed the Bob Morgan Football League. Had a great year. It was incredible. But he represented Mississippi State, even though all of his kids, all of his friends were LSU people. All of them. He had respect for the maroon and white. And you know what? We weren't very good at football then. And so he had to take a lot of ribbon. And, he, and you know, he used to say, well, it won't be that way when I get there. It won't. When I get up there, we're going to beat LSU. When I get up there, we're going to be great. When I get up there, we're going to win the SEC. And so he grew up with that in his heart. And so when the opportunity came, obviously he became a college baseball prospect. And I, I would be as much as I love him and the fact that he was an August 8th guy, I probably should have held him back a year. That was the thing to do, right? I didn't hold him back, but he was so smart. His mom convinced me not to hold him back a year. I wasn't going to let him start school on time. But she's like, no, 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 let's do that. Well, probably would have been a Division I baseball player if I had done that. So, Ani, I'm sorry. It all worked out for him, though. But, you know, when we when the opportunity came and he comes to Mississippi State camps and that sort of stuff, and listen, I, I'm not blind. I can see it. He was a great high school baseball player, but he was small. 
you know, he's, you know, six foot, about 140 pounds. He had a good frame. Goes to junior college for a year, has a good year there, and then eventually leaves to go to an NAI school in Arkansas, met his wife, got his degree. Everything is great, right? But I remember, you know, we're getting ready to transfer. We went to Duty Noble for a game. And I remember how wide-eyed he was. And, again, we weren't very good at baseball back then either. We were in transition. John Cohen taking over. We didn't have a great recruiting class coming in. We are kind of playing what we had. And I remember the look in his eyes. He goes, you know, I could play here. I know that I could. And, of course, he'd put on a little weight, got a little bit stronger. And I have no doubt if he'd have walked on, he'd have made the team. I don't think he would have played. But I have no doubt he would have made it. He was an all-state baseball player in Louisiana in a baseball-crazy town like Baton Rouge. And so he is the only one of my four that won't graduate from Mississippi State. The biggest bulldog of the bunch. And he won't be a Mississippi State alum unless he goes back to grad school or something. But the reality of it is, in his mind, you know, if he had ever been given the opportunity to play at Mississippi State, he would have taken it. There would not have been a decision to make. He would have taken it. It wouldn't have been, well, let's work through the process. Well, I'm going to take some trip. No, no. He would have taken it, and then he would have went to work on everybody else in the class. He would have been blowing John Cohen up every single day. Hey, coach, give me some numbers to call. Let me get some of these guys to come to be Bulldogs with us. He would have bugged John Cohen to death because he is a Mississippi State guy, and he was a Mississippi State kid. My girls, both on scholarship at Mississippi State, you guys are well aware of this. Very proud of my girls. My oldest girl, her dream from being a little girl was to go to LSU and be a golden girl because all of her dance instructors have been golden girls and she would have been the same. And she would have absolutely made it and done a great job there and had a great experience at LSU. The problem was, is that LSU wasn't in her heart. Mississippi State was in her heart. I know that's a bit of a punchline on the message board these days. Oh, you know, Ole Miss is in her heart. You know, sometimes Ole Miss is in her pocket and in their hearts. Uh, but the reality of it is, is that she's a bulldog. And, you know, I didn't tell her, you got to go to Mississippi State. Her mama wanted to tell her that. And I'm like, no, let her figure out herself. We go down to Southern Miss. We go to Alabama. We go a few other places. And I remember we went to Southern Miss. It was an outstanding visit. I will give them a lot of credit. When we went down there, we had the regular tour with everybody else, and then she had the Honors College tour. And, guys, when we walked into the Honors College, it was just me and her. Everybody, every employee at the Southern Miss Honors College was in the lobby when we walked in, and they all stood there and clapped. And they gave, walked up and gave her a card and everything. It was tremendous. And when we left, I said, you know what, this is it. This is it. So she's going to go to Southern Miss. And we hadn't visited Mississippi State yet. And then, uh, believe it or not, Dr. Markinum actually met with her and uh, gave her cowbell, and she cried. And she knew then, this is home. This is home. Well, there was no decision to make for my youngest daughter. You know, she, she could have gotten scholarships from just about anybody in the country. She had the academic performance to go anywhere she wanted to go. And I used to think, you know what, you know, honestly, you know, maybe she's too academic to go to Mississippi State. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's not in any way to diminish the, the educational value of the Mississippi State degree. But I thought, you know what, maybe, maybe she's going to go MIT or something. Maybe she's going to go to some other place that's, you know, one of these, quote, prestigious academic institutions. Maybe she goes to Stanford. I don't know. Maybe she goes to Vanderbilt. But one day she came home and I'm like, all this mail. And it was like, 
I, I laugh about this stuff in hindsight. You know, people, you know, the four- and five-star recruits get all that mail. Listen, we needed a second mailbox for all the mail that she had. When you make as high on the ACT as she does and you have a 4.0 and you're basically borderline genius, everybody wants you to come. Guys, she didn't even open the mail. She didn't even open it because she was going to Mississippi State. She goes, you know what? I'll have a decision to make when I go to law school. But no matter where I go in life, I want to be a Bulldog. I want to get my undergrad from Mississippi State. She said, because I want to do something great for Mississippi State. Because I have no doubt that she'll be successful. None whatsoever. She wants to get into politics someday. You know, we've never had a governor in the state of Mississippi that's Mississippi State educated. Maybe it's her. But the reality of it is there was no decision to make because, again, she's from Mississippi State family. My youngest is a junior in high school at Starville High School, and you know where he's going, Mississippi State. And, again, there's no decision to make. And I'll tell you one of the things, too, just so you guys know, we talk about being true maroon. And there are a lot of people that claim to be true maroon that are not true maroon. They're just kind of like moderate maroon. We're not of that cloth. And so I kind of seek out other people that are like similarly situated with me. They kind of see it the way that I do. So I just want to tell you this. Ole Miss recruited both of my girls exceptionally hard. I didn't know if it was a joke, like if they're just trying to get at me. And that's and honestly, that's kind of disrespectful to my girls and their academic achievements. But you know what happened to every Ole Miss letter that came to this house? Is it went in the trash. And I'm not the one that put it there. Because it was never an option. My kids would have gone to East Mississippi Community College before they went to Ole Miss. They would have paid to go to Scuba Tech before they'd taken a free scholarship to go to Ole Miss. You say, oh, Steve, that's ridiculous. No, it's not. you got to be true to your values. We're Bulldog people. And I wish we had more of us. Because I can promise you this. My kids are going to Mississippi State. And it's not because I told them they had to. I've told them all, so you can go anywhere in the country you want except for one school, and you know which one it is. But the reality of it is not everybody feels that way. And you know what? I'm not going to say who's right or wrong, but I, I kind of come down on my side of my line of thinking. And so we're true maroon. Are you? And I go back, to, I think about Chris Garrett, and I love that kid to death, but I still hear from Chris Garrett, former Tupelo quarterback, committed to Mississippi State, was kind of putting, helping us put a class together, man. And then, you know, then, then we decided to offer Tyler Russell because we'd lost some quarterbacks, made it a two-quarterback class, and there were some feelings that got hurt. He opened it back up. He committed LSU. Made a mistake. He did. He'll tell you as much. Chris bounced around college, never really worked out for him. Last I heard, Chris living in Georgia. Every so often, he'll send me a message about a kid or ask about a recruit or something. Still love that guy, man. And I remember what his family went through. I remember how heartbreaking it was for them. And there was a rift within the family in many respects for a while. It's all healed now. Everybody's good. But it's tough. It is. And so I've seen people make these decisions that are unpopular within the fan base. And again, you know, people say, oh, you know, wish them the best. But they don't. Not at the expense of Mississippi State. You know, my attitude's always been this, like when kids go to, to Ole Miss and, and we get to know a lot of young people in the recruiting process. You know, they come to camps, we see them at junior days, we interview them, and there are some great young people that go to Ole Miss. They do. And you wish them the best. 
I hope they go up there and get their college degree, meet their wife, go and have a great life, find success, and I hope they lose every egg bowl they play in. And that's the reality of it. I don't wish any harm on them, but I don't expect their football team to win. Right? Go up there, have a great career. Maybe you go to the NFL for a while. You're cool, you know. But I'm going to be rooting against you on the football field. But I don't harbor any ill will towards anybody that makes an educational decision that it maybe is adverse to Mississippi State. But I share all that to say this to you guys. My girls right now, you know, Janet Downing, you know, as people who love my association, you know, one day they would be, you know, it would probably be a smart decision for them to somehow get my girls to, to go to alumni functions or recruiting functions and that sort of stuff for other students because they love Mississippi State. They will both tell you it has been the greatest years of their life to be at Mississippi State. But they've got great years ahead of them. But it's incredible to hear them talk about a Mississippi State that I don't know. There's a Mississippi State experience they've had that you know, not a lot of us have had. But, you know, to hear them talk, you know, I think to myself, you know, you know, like when Mia got decided to go to Mississippi State, all these people were like, I can't wait to see what Mississippi State does for her. And I said, I can't wait to see what Mia does for Mississippi State. And Audrey the same. Audrey's out there. Audrey's one of the ambassadors for the engineering department and takes that as a badge of honor that she can go out there and speak to our future engineering students and tell them about the Mississippi State experience and why they should choose Mississippi State. And I listen, you know, we won the NFL championship in, uh, in baseball. Everybody's well aware of that. And, uh, but they weren't the first. You know, Mia's won three NFL championships in speech and debate and probably about to win a fourth. And it's something that brings a lot of pride to our family. And so when I get to the, to the crux of all of this, it's not just about football. It's not. And it's not just about family. It's about Mississippi State. Either you're in or you're out. Simple as that. And I think the bigger loss in all this is not Mississippi State losing Stone Blanton, but Stone Blanton losing Mississippi State. All right, let's jump on the top ten list. Brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. Blair Chandler is a great friend of mine. Love that guy to death, man. You will too. And maybe he won't text you and just kind of check in and bug you about recruiting questions. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But he does. He reaches out, hey, what's going on with this guy, you know? That's what friends do, right? Well, you need a friend in the business. And I wouldn't recommend somebody to you that I didn't trust. But I trust Blair Chandler. He's in the mortgage industry. Many of you have thought, you know what? Maybe it's time to refinance the home. Take advantage of these lower interest rates before they go up. Blair's a guy to call. Get your equity working for you. Consolidate your monthly payments. Lower perhaps your expenditures on a monthly basis. Maybe you're tired of living paycheck to paycheck and think, you know what? If we just had a few extra hundred bucks around here, I could save a little bit. Blair can help you get in that situation. Maybe perhaps the dream of home ownership has eluded you. Go to work with a mortgage professional like Blair Chandler at CloseBlair.com in the top 1% close ratio in the country. Not just in Stone County. Not just in Bug Tussle. Not in Possum Neck. Nationally. You got a guy that can get things done. And here's the thing. If you're a loyal Boneyard listener, we're going to give you a phrase that pays. It doesn't matter what school you cheer for. But the reality of it is, is that he wants your business and he's willing to give it to you at a discount. A lot of expenses associated with getting a mortgage closed. That appraisal is about a $500 value. Blair says if you just mention to him either by text, by phone, 
or in an email, if you, it, when you have your consultation with him, if you just say, hey, I heard about you in the boneyard, he's going to pay for your appraisal. Give him a call or text today on his personal cell number, 601-500-2344. Again, 601-500-2344. A great guy doing a great job for a great people people. That's, again, closeofblair.com. All right, so I heard from a bunch of you. We did some Modern Rock last week. And the re- request started rolling in. I mean, a ton of them started coming in and said, hey, what about this? What about that? And uh, say, so we'll do our best to kind of get to those. And uh, I'm, I'm looking through here to make sure that I can find who it was. And I think that I apologize to the gentleman that reached out to me. I, I must have missed this. But they said, hey, what about Chevelle? I've seen Chevelle live a couple times. They're a great band. I was kind of slow on the bandwagon. And I don't know if you guys know this. Chevelle, actually, they're, they're men of faith. And they started as a Christian rock band and actually won a couple of Dove Awards with the first album. They've been nominated for some Billboard Awards, some Loudwire Awards. They're a great band. Got several albums out now. So there's a big catalog to pull from. One of the things that I'll say is there is a lot of consistency within the catalog. So there's some songs that sound somewhat similar as we have gotten to some more extensive music production and they have developed and matured more as a band, there is a little more variety. But in the early stages of the catalog, a lot of consistency. The song structure was kind of the same. It's different now. But let's go with our top 10 today, top 10 Chevelle songs. And they're out of uh, Illinois, if you guys are, are unfamiliar. Number 10 on the list is The Clincher. I've heard them play this live. One of the better live songs from them, uh, The Clincher. Another one of mine that I really like, I don't know that this got the radio airplay that it deserved, but it's Letter from a Thief. Letter from a Thief, number nine. Number eight, a song that kills live. It's like everybody sings along to the song. I'd heard it on the radio a few times, and it's like I see everybody sing along at a show, and I'm like, where have I been? Did I, did I miss the boat on this? It's a good song, but... It's like people get so excited about this song. I get it. You know, and that's basically, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's like there's all this stuff going on. You're sitting here trying to explain to me. I I get it. I understand. I've got the hint. Number seven, this goes back, man. This is like in the very beginning for them. I want to say this was got as high as the top 10 on the Billboard uh, Top 100 Rock Songs. But it's Vitamin R leading us along. Vitamin R. Go check that one out. Uh, number six, and this is this is one that a lot of people, it is their favorite Chevelle song. It's not for me, but I know a lot of people in addiction and in recovery that really identify with this song. There are a lot of people that have experienced a lot of physical, mental, and emotional trauma in their lives. And for some reason, this song really resonates with them. And I'm a guy that's dealt with a lot of that stuff too. But for some, I like the song a lot. But there are some people, when you mention Chevelle, this is their song. And it's Send the Pain Below. It's like, you know what? I've got all this stuff going on, but I'm going to leave all this behind me. I'm going to send the pain below. Number five, this is a cool track, man. This was kind of a comeback song for them, and I loved it when they started playing this on, on the Sirius XM Octane all the time. But it's hats off to the bull. And people are wondering, hey, are we talking like metaphorically? And I guess in some ways we are, but in their interview, like, nah, we just, nah. The bull's pretty cool. The bull does what he wants, so hats off to him. Number four, and uh, I think Brian Haydad and I discussed this before. He really digs this song, so we'll throw a bone out to uh, to Brian. But it's the red, 
And I, the guitar on this one is a little different too. I really like the guitar on this one. It's all, it's all pretty heavy. I mean, it's not, it's more radio rock heavy, but this is one of those that I think the red has a great guitar track and an incredible vocal on it. That's why it's number four on the list. Number three, this is one too. That's it's the tuning's a little bit different. It's a little bit, the bass line's a little more pronounced. It sounds a little louder in the car. It's Take Out the Gunman. You may be familiar with that one. Maybe you're not. You know, we got somebody trying to kill us. We got to go take them out. Number two, and this is one, too, again, because uh, these guys are kind of of Christian faith. This song was kind of met with a little bit of, uh, I guess, rejection by some people because it's like, you know, a little more violent. And that's okay. Again, you can kind of see it metaphorically. But it's face to the floor face to the floor you know Chevelle too they get, they had a lot of criticism for playing Ozfest you know it's like, like oh why would we go out you know Ozzy's got you know Ozzy's the you know the the prince of darkness and all that sort of stuff and I thought Chevelle handled it pretty well I said you know we don't want to just be labeled as a Christian rock band even though we are people of faith you know we're not using this as a pedestal to be preachers we're out here just kind of spreading our message we're musicians that just happen to be Christians and so they're trying to share their message. And that's the thing that I think about, too, is like a lot of their songs are spiritually significant. So why wouldn't you want them playing it for the people that you consider sinners? Why is it something that we just want to keep and confined in, you know, in the First Baptist Church? Why shouldn't they be out there spreading their message to as many people as they can? Don't you want everybody to hear the good news? Number one for me, and to me, it's no doubt. It is no Doubt. I love the lyrics on this one. It is basically a poem set to music, and it's jars. And basically, it's kind of like conservation. It's like it's about, you know, we'll save the earth in jars. You know, it's like all this stuff's going on, and we're just going to kind of put it away and kind of keep it to ourselves. You know, uh, I love the song. I love everything about it. I think the guitar is awesome. I think the vocal is great. And uh, these guys, them and Taproot kind of came out around the same time. And I'll be honest with you, I prefer Taproot, but I really like Chevelle. They toured together, and uh, vocally, they're very similar. Very, very similar. So if you don't know much about Chevelle, give them a listen today. If you're a Christian rock fan, maybe maybe they have had a little more secular appeal and you don't realize their belief system, so you're looking for some more good Christian rock. Well, there's about seven albums just waiting for you to push play. And maybe you're a modern rock fan. Maybe you didn't understand that these guys are really people of faith. And so go check that out. Chevelle, that's your top 10. If you have ideas for the top 10 list, reach out and let me know. My buddy Trice Webb reached out. He's got an idea we're going to try to put together on Wednesday. I'm not going to tip you off on that one because this is going to be kind of some classic rock stuff with a different twist. So we'll let you know on Wednesday. And um, that'll be um, – or maybe we do it tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see. I don't want to teach it too much because I don't want to tell you we're going to do a show tomorrow and then not – so we'll see how things progress. We'll see what the day looks like. But uh, so we'll look at that. And so, again, reach out to me and Roy. You can follow Roy on Twitter and Spotify at Dogmatic67. That's D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C, Dogmatic67. And you can find these lists for yourself. So if you're riding down the road and said, hey, Steve mentioned this band. I'd like to get to know more, more about them. It's all kind of conveniently together in one place. And then Izzy Mandelbaum, of course, and uh, if you think you're better than him, you're kidding yourself. Uh, he has used his uh, crepe fortune and put together these 
great list on Apple Music for you, too. So if you're not a Spotify person, you can find him. And he responds to the Roy Samanti tweets, too. So it's easy to find. I retweet all those. Be sure and go check them out. We're happy to do this for you. And it's incredible what a monster this thing has become. Just, I was trying to look for some filler content during the quarantine, and now here we are, well over 300 of these lists, and you guys continue to send great ideas. So reach out and let us know. If you have ideas for the top 10 lists, we're happy to do them. We just might do your idea. That's Top 10, brought to you by CloseofBlair.com. All right, this segment of the show brought to you by your fine friends at Campus Bookmart. You know, they'll treat you like family, standing man, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie. And now the newly graduated Cheyenne, who will be moving on, wish her the absolute best. Candy, everybody up there will treat you great. The reality of it is they've been doing this a long time. A lot of other people come and go. Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution. Be sure and go check them out. And here's the deal. You're running out of time. There's 12 days to Christmas. Yeah, go ahead and panic. 12 days to Christmas. You probably want to do some online ordering. Let me encourage you to avoid Amazon and shop local. Support a Starkville business. Go to campusbookmart.net for the latest in Mississippi State merch. And we'll give you a little phrase that pays just by listening to the Boneyard. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Let me tell you this. You're going to get some things for Christmas you don't like or need. Take care of yourself while you're shopping for everybody else. Go ahead and get some NAFL championship merch. It'll be baseball season in just over two months. You'll be glad you got that M over S hoodie when we're all sitting out there freezing in 40-degree weather cheering the Bulldogs on against Long Beach State. Again, that's campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. All right, basketball, kind of a mixed bag weekend for us. The Bulldogs, we talked about how important this game was against Colorado State because they're undefeated to be a resume-building opportunity for us where we can't close the deal. Can't close a deal, and it is disappointing. It really is because we were the better team throughout much of the game. 29-27 at the break, Bulldogs with a lead, and then were outscored by five points there in the second half. And there was so much of that, too, that we had so many opportunities to put this thing away. It's a late lead that just kind of eluded us a little bit. And they go on a big run here at the end, you know, 17-2 run. And the thing that I go back to, and any people say, well, Steve, you know, you're just sometimes so hard on men's basketball. And I am. It's because of the fact that I expect us to do well. But we were up eight with six minutes to go. Knocked down a free throw by Javian Davis. It is a 57-49 game. Right? We scored six points the final six minutes. We do. Still had our chances. We pulled it within three with 38 seconds to go. We get a miss, and we get a chance to get a rebound. We don't. They get an offensive rebound. They're able to run some clock, and then they miss a free throw, miss a layup. We get the rebound, so we have the ball with 24 seconds to go and a chance to tie. Iverson Molinar misses the three. We get an offensive rebound, and then we miss a layup. We get a rebound, fire up another three by Shaquille Moore. We miss that, too. We end up having a foul. They miss a free throw. We get it back and still have a desperation shot there after a missed free throw, and Iverson Molinar's desperation heave comes up short, and we lose by three. Now lost two in a row. The Hardwood Bulldogs now six and three. 
Tuesday night, we'll have Georgia State here in the Humphrey Coliseum. And then Friday, we'll take on Furman and then Winthrop on next Tuesday. So still a chance to put together a solid non-conference. Could be 9-3. and three. You don't want to assume anything at this point. But it does appear that the better non-conference opponents are kind of behind us. We need to finish up non-conference play, you know, playing pretty well as we get ready to, to, to host Arkansas to open the SEC opener on December 29th. So, again, not a great outing, but a, a major missed opportunity for us to, to get a win that will help us in the net. And, again, we don't, we don't close the deal. Uh, your ladies do pick up a win over the weekend. Not unexpected, but a 7-2 and two mark now for the ladies as they beat UT Martin. And again, 54-37. I mentioned on uh, Friday's show that UT Martin kind of challenged offensively. That's not necessarily to take anything away from the Bulldog defensive effort, but uh, they're not a great shooting team up there. The Skyhawks are not. State, out, state wins every quarter, 11-8, 11-10, 23-11. That's the decisive quarter in the ballgame. Really put some separation between us and them. And then win the final period, 9-8, for a 54-37 victory. Rakia Jackson led the Bulldogs, played all 40 minutes, 19 points for her and seven rebounds. Uh, Jerkelia Jordan continuing to be a solid player for us, eight points for her, four rebounds. Maya taylor Afwe jones both pitch in seven Leading rebounder, Raven Fairley, pulls down nine boards and scores four points. Your second leading scorer is reserve Katerian Thompson, who played just 14 minutes but had nine points and three rebounds. Bulldogs did have uh, Danae Carter foul out. It's one of those things, too, and that's in limited action. But, uh, excuse me, she didn't foul out. She did have some foul trouble, uh, but she did have five blocks. But there are going to be some players that are going to challenge us in the post, and that's going to be the real issue. What do we do – and half-court sets when teams can lob it down low. Can we stay out of foul trouble? Can we keep people from getting easy baskets? Uh, that's kind of where we are. But Doug Novak, again, has the ladies playing pretty well. You know, still some things uh, to overcome, obviously. But uh, three more non-conference games. All of these should be wins for the Bulldogs. And, again, you don't want to assume anything. But all three of these are in Starkville. This Saturday we'll host Troy. And then Sunday, we'll turn right back around to play Jackson State. So if you're looking for something to do this weekend, perhaps come do some shopping in Starkville and uh, spend the night Saturday night and see two Bulldog basketball games. And then South Carolina State next Monday. So it's going to be three games in a row, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And that'll be a 2.30 tip. Uh, SEC Network Plus on Saturday will be on the network at large Sunday against Jackson State and then back on the Network Plus. So be able to, to use your app. And uh, Mississippi State has announced, you know, some ticket incentives for you guys that, uh, you know, the students are gone. And so, you know, the, the crowd is going to be somewhat muted in some respects. So let me encourage you guys to, uh, to come take part of that too. So. Uh, some dollar tickets available to uh, to some of these games, to say the least. But, um, you know, be a part of that. Come out and support the Bulldogs as best you can. It'll be SEC play before you know it. I don't think there's any question about, about the fact that uh, there is a lot riding on this season for all involved. It's pretty much as simple as that. We've got to make sure that uh, we're doing a great job and, and closing out some of these games. I I'm still believe that the, uh, the Bulldogs – can put some things together uh, on both sides of this, especially on the men's side. I think we're a very talented team, and that's not to take anything away from Doug Novak and that staff's efforts. 
they're playing well. And at times they've played really well. And other times they, they haven't. But, um, you know, what we've got to continue to do is to get better each and every game. That, that's as simple as I can say it. You know, we get so caught up sometimes in all this stuff. And, uh, you know, we forget, you know, what's available to us. So here you go, your ticket incentive. And you got to purchase these tickets online. So two games, $1 a piece. Uh, men's basketball, that's going to be against GSU. That's MBS versus GSU. And then women's basketball versus Jackson State. So a dollar a piece. And you can visit uh, Hell State and get that information uh, together. Go on the ticket. So two games, a dollar a piece. Men's basketball versus Georgia State on the 14th. And then women's basketball against Jackson State on the 19th. And your admission is just one buck. So if you're local, or perhaps you're not, and you're thinking, hey, it's kind of expensive to go to games, Mississippi State, giving you a bit of a price break to come out, try to get some people out. And it's not really a reflection of the teams. It's just the fact that we're not going to have students here. A lot of people are out uh, doing their shopping. And so we want to kind of get you guys to come to the Golden Triangle and shop and also to uh, support the Bulldogs on the hardwood. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by Portico. And we're going to talk some recruiting here. Uh, the fine folks at Portico, you know, Brooks Bryan is part of a great group that have brought this wonderful residential development to Starkville. I've told you guys many times before, if I was moving to Starkville, I would move to Portico. It is 1.1 miles from campus. That is an outstanding proximity to the things that we love most. If you're a runner, you can go run on campus. How about that? You run from your house, next thing you know, you're, you're right up there next to Davis Wade Stadium. You can run on campus. They'll be happy to have you. It's a very run-friendly campus as well. Starkville in itself, pretty run-friendly. A lot of sidewalks around here now. But Portico, a great place to live, certainly, because you're on the right side of campus. You're on the residential side, the quiet side of campus. Easy access to 82 and 25. You turn right off of 82 onto 12. The very first right is Pat Station Road. You follow that to Portico. Very easy to find. Now, if you're looking to move right now, we're not going to be able to help you because phase one is already purchased. It's completely full. Phase two, you can have some say in your lot, picking your lot, and then picking your house plans. You can start with a two-bedroom, two-bath house and go all the way up to a four-bedroom, four-bath house for any size family, basically. And the reality of it is, is that this may be your home away from home. Maybe it's going to be your retirement home. Maybe you buy a place now, you build it. And you're working towards that. Say, hey, once we're done, we're going to retire to Starkville, and we're going to be true maroon. What better place to live than Portico? Give my friend, your friend, Brooks Bryan, former Diamond Dog, a call today. 601-416-8075. Again, 601-416-8075. It's a competitive housing market in Starkville. It really is. Because people want to live close to Mississippi State. This is a chance for you to kind of get some new construction and, uh, and here's the deal, too. I mean, do you really want to buy a fixer-upper? More chance than not, no, you don't. You'd like to have a ready-made move-in home, and that's what you're going to get with Portico. All right, let's talk official visits over the weekend. The final visits before the December signing period opens for Mississippi State football. Had a good group in. A really good group in. Now, we had a couple of secret visitors. We kind of held that back for you for a couple reasons. Number one, we weren't sure Marcus Banks was going to make the trip. He also had an official visit set for Kentucky. So if we go out there and report that, it could have caused some issues. So we sat on it. We wanted to make sure he was on his way before we put it out there. There were a couple of guys like uh, uh, Mamou Abdul, uh, 
I can't remember his name. I apologize. But he didn't come. He didn't make it. And then, uh, you know, the running back from Tampa didn't make it as well. But we did have everybody else here, plus Marcus Banks. And so Marcus Banks, a former four-star that signed with Alabama. So here's what it looks like with him. You know, Houston is in the mix with him a little bit. He took a midweek visit to Maryland last week and then visited Miami a couple weekends ago. Uh, Kentucky, of course, still in the mix, and then Mississippi State. It appears that he's down to Miami and Mississippi State. There appears to be some confidence on the Miami side, but by their own admission, they don't really know anything. They're just kind of making an educated guess. I can't tell you one way or another what I think he's going to do. I spoke with him briefly yesterday. He does not want to do any interviews in advance of his decision. Certainly respect that. For a lot of guys that are transfers, they've already been through this process, and so there's no need to do an interview in their minds, and that's okay. But Marcus Banks was in, and here's the deal. If, if Jason Washington didn't have a previous relationship with him, we're really not in a conversation. But we were able to get in a conversation. We get him on campus for an official visit. His mother came and visited with him. And so we had a chance to put our best foot forward. We'll see how things progress. That's Marcus Banks, former four-star, and uh, a guy that could play corner for us. And uh, that's one of the things we really need. We need corners. Uh, Jacarius Clayton, former Mississippi State commitment. That's your second secret visitor. After the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game, he made his way to Starkville and spent the night Saturday night and stayed most of the day on Sunday. Now, here's the deal with him. Now, he is not sure if he is going to sign on Wednesday. And right now, I think that's a win for Mississippi State. I think it's absolutely a win for Mississippi State. You need some defensive line. You need some big bodies. It looks like the offensive line recruiting is going to end up pretty well for us. But, you know, Jacaris is a guy that I think can play either side of the football. But he wants to play defensive line. We apparently have a need there. I think it's pretty safe to say that we could use an extra D-tackle there. I think that he will eventually grow into a D-tackle. But he shows up in Starkville kind of unbeknownst to Ole Miss. It's usually the other way around, right? It's usually one of our guys sneaking off to go up there, but instead he came here. And by the Ole Miss media's own admission, the Ole Miss staff found out when you guys did. And so that's one of those things you begin to think about. Why would he do that? Why would he sneak off and not tell Ole Miss, hey, I'm going to visit Mississippi State the final weekend of the process? And so you have to assume there is some interest. Now, I have read some of the Ole Miss commentary. I always said, well, he wanted to hang out with his friends, except he didn't have any friends here. None of the other visitors that came were part of the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star Game. And so it's not like we just wanted to extend the party. He came to Mississippi State to talk about a future maroon and white. Does Mississippi State sign him? I can't tell you today. Don't know. But the bottom line is, it's good to see State kind of be aggressive and make some other people play defense. We did a lot of that last year. We did a ton of that last year. People forget, you know, we picked up Rara Thomas and Simeon Price from South Carolina. We flipped Albert Reese from Rutgers. We flipped Cannon Boone from Virginia Tech. So it's not like we're just kind of sitting back, you know, just waiting. You know, we're out there being a little more aggressive. And I like that about this staff. But what Jacarius Clayton does remains a mystery, much like his visit. Does he sign on Wednesday? And if he does, who does he sign with? There is some discussion that he may wait and sign in February. If that's the case, does Ole Miss stay with him? Does Mississippi State ramp up their pursuit of him? You know, we don't know. But this was the guy who was the very first 2022 commitment for Mississippi State. 
And he was with us all along. And then, you know, there was some discussions about playing offensive line. He just said, you know what? I don't want to do that. I want to play defensive line. Felt that the best opportunity to do that was at Ole Miss. And so he flipped. And now here we are, two days from signing day, and there is still some, uh, you know, I guess you could say some questions about his ultimate college destination. Again, very good, very good young man, very good prospect. We'll see how things uh, progress there. Also on the defensive line, we had Calvin Dinkins in from Lake High School. I know you guys are maybe just kind of getting up to speed on him. If you watch his film, you kind of wonder, why are, why are most of his offers coming late? It's a guy that had a really good senior year and has now played his way into the Power Five conversation. Baylor offered him. Of course, Mississippi State offered him. And then late last week, Florida offered him. A lot of discussion about that. Now, before the Florida offer, of course, the staff at Florida was formerly at UL Lafayette. They recruited him to Lafayette. He hadn't committed there, but they already had a pre-existing relationship. And so they're trying to kind of get in the mix there. I do think that he is an SEC defensive lineman. I do think that he is a guy that Mississippi State could, could get a lot of value from if he came here. Now, late yesterday, I was told that, you know, the family is kind of on board with whatever he wants to do. That if he wants to sign in February, they support that. If he wants to forego the December signing period and kind of see what options come his way in January, they're okay with that too. But I'm told they really don't want him going far from home. Ultimately, it's going to be his decision, but they would prefer that he stay closer to home. So, that could be a pleasant surprise for Mississippi State come Wednesday. At this point, we're just not quite ready. But I do believe, ultimately, Mississippi State's going to win this. Now, if he gets into January, the reads might get a little thick. So I think it's in Mississippi State's best efforts to try to close this thing out on Wednesday. And that's easier said than done, right? I mean, it's like this is a major decision. And all of a sudden, this guy's like, hey, within the last few weeks, I've picked up three power five offers. So maybe if I wait, I'll get three or four more. But then you begin to ask yourself, what do you really want? You get a chance to play SEC football in your home state, and you can share this with your friends and family. They'll be able to come to your ball games pretty much every time you play. So that is a difficult decision for him. I, I, I think we're going to be okay there, though. Uh, linebacker Avery Sledge had a chance to speak to him. He is going to make his decision today. I don't know if he announces today, but he told me yesterday he is going to inform the Mississippi State coaching staff today that either he is going to remain with Tulane or – he is going to sign with Mississippi State. Now, I don't think there's much of a decision left to be made. I think that he is pretty well versed in what Mississippi State wants to do and how they want to utilize him, and it's a chance to play in the SEC. And you think, if we lose a recruit to Tulane, I mean, that's going to be a joke. And yeah, that's, I agree. But I think this is a guy, too, that kind of played his way into the discussion as a senior. Played quarterback and linebacker there ran for over 800 yards in a run first offense and they weren't a very great team this year but he was the best athlete on the squad so I think State has a really good chance to get him I think he will sign with the Bulldogs on Wednesday and I think that you folks should be really excited about that now we mentioned uh, some defensive linemen you know R.J. Moss did not officially visit Mississippi State now based on what we're hearing Paul Jones had this news earlier today we actually had some rumblings of it late last week after speaking to some of the coaches at Biloxi High School, is that R.J. Moss, longtime Mississippi State commitment, committed at SummerSlam, not expected to sign in December. Not expected to sign. Now, this is a situation, too, where he'll take an official visit in January, or is expected to, and I believe it's going to be okay. I think it's just to kind of make sure that he's doing what he needs to do to ensure he's going to be able to enroll on time. 
And so based on what I'm hearing from Biloxi, that yes, he will qualify. He will qualify. And uh, that he is very motivated and doing all the work. And so I think they'll alleviate some of those concerns, and I think that he will ultimately sign with Mississippi State. Now, that's the risk you run if you don't sign him in December. It's like, okay, well, if we sign him and he doesn't make it, then we basically wasted a grant for this year. But if you don't sign him, and then all of a sudden – 10 new schools jump in the mix and offer him scholarships in January and get him confused a little bit. Now what happens? Because they're going to say, well, hey, we would, have, we would have signed you in December if we had known about you. We thought you were silo of Mississippi State. And so then all of a sudden you've got to recruit your tail off to keep him. So, again, that's one of those things you kind of got to figure out on your own. What's the best course of action? Let's talk Percy Lewis, offensive tackle from Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. This is a state Ole Miss battle all the way, and it is a classic state Ole Miss battle. A lot of maneuvering behind the scenes, a lot of recruiting, a lot of talking. You know, you had the one phone call you can make during the quiet period. It's unlimited calling. I spoke to him yesterday briefly and said he basically can't get off the phone. You know, coaches calling left and right. Mississippi State hosted him this weekend. Ole Miss hosted him last weekend. I think he sees both as a pretty good option, but I'm told that the depth chart at Mississippi State is a little more to his liking with State losing Cross and Lashley. And you may have read, too, Charles Cross did not participate in bowl practice uh, last week. I think, I think he has not announced yet. We fully expect him uh, to opt out of the bowl game. But Percy Lewis has a chance to enroll in January and come in and compete to take that starting position next year. I'll be honest with you, of all the guys that we're still chasing, I'm probably the most concerned about him. I st- today, I still expect him to be a Bulldog. But he is the one guy you look at and say, you know what, this is one here we can't afford to let our guards down. This is not a guy that say, hey, it's all over and done with. You can't do that. You're going to have to recruit him probably up to the moment that he sends in his letter of intent. Ole Miss still working hard to get him. Not exactly sure where they want to use him. But I think this is just kind of some recruiting theater, too. It's a huge recruit for us, arguably the most important offensive recruit left on the board for us because of the needs to position. Mississippi State's been on him a long time. He was committed to Oregon. None of us expected that to stick by any stretch. It didn't. So now it's a state Ole Miss deal. And, again, it is a classic in-state battle between state and Ole Miss. I mean, it is absolutely a war right now behind the scenes. Who's going to win? I don't think we find out till Wednesday. He didn't do an exit interview after his visit to Ole Miss. Told me yesterday he just didn't have time to do it. He might call me back. He never did. I don't take that personally. These guys are having to make a very difficult decision. Got a lot of people in their ear. If they could save themselves a few minutes in a phone call and have a little peace, I understand. I don't like it, but I understand it. His teammate, DeCarlos Nicholson, Ole Miss tried to get him in last weekend and this weekend. He elected to go to Mississippi State this weekend. Stayed home last weekend. From what I'm hearing, it's down to state in Kentucky. He is a former Mississippi State commitment that decommitted. We thought he was going to go to Florida State. He ultimately committed to Kentucky. And now it looks like state has kind of jumped back to the forefront. You can't count him yet, though. I also don't count Ole Miss out, despite the fact that he didn't visit there. But I think the reality of this deal is – Mississippi State has done a good job recruiting him, and Mississippi State is still working hard to get him. And, again, that's a position of need. I don't know that he's a starter next year. I do think that he is definitely a two-deeper. He is a very explosive player. Can he beat out DeCambrion Richardson? I think that's really the only question. If he can beat out DeCam, he starts. If he doesn't, he's a two-deeper. He's going to play a lot either way. 
Emmanuel Forbes, the only guy you got locked down, because, of course, Martin Emerson is declared for the NFL draft, as expected. I mean, that's not the least bit surprising to anybody. But DeCarlos, again, a very talented player, even though he is a bit developmental because he's just learning to play at corner. And, and he had some growing pains this year uh, down at Gulf Coast. But this is a guy that's ultra-talented, ultra-talented, an incredible athlete. Let's talk Kamari Rogers. A lot of people have uh, been invested in this. Some people have been projecting that he would flip to Mississippi State from Miami for a long time. I, I have not felt that way. People ask me, if we get a surprise commit on Wednesday, who's it from? I think this would be the surprise. I'm not projecting him to flip from Miami. But if he does flip from Miami, I do expect it to be to Mississippi State. I just wonder, in the end, how much the distance from home is going to matter. And like some say, well, you know, his family may retire down there. Well, it's very expensive to live in Miami. And that's not in any way as a shot at anybody's economic standing because I have no clue what his family has monetarily, none whatsoever. But I know that retiring in Madison County is a lot less expensive than it is down at A1A. I think we all know that. And I don't know that you would retire down there either just for your college your kid's college experience, you know, maybe you buy a place down there or whatever. But the reality of it is it's a very talented player. But, there, listen, there are some things, too, that are concerned with him, too. I mean, you know, he is a bit undersized. Now, he has grown some since I saw him as a junior. He has grown some. But he's about 150 pounds, and he's coming off an ACL tear. And so it's kind of a buyer beware deal. I would absolutely take him, though. And here's why I would say that. Number one, I think you have some cover this year. Okay, he's rehabbing from the ACL tear. He's probably a year away. And so you give him the benefit of a redshirt year, teach him, let him heal, get him bigger, get him stronger. And then next year when Emmanuel Forbes goes pro, then all of a sudden you've got a guy that you kind of groomed to go in there and compete and take that spot. I think he is certainly capable of doing that. But I think that he's a guy early on that a lot of people are really excited about. You know, they saw these offers, and, and much of that was on projectability and potential. And you look at him now and you say, okay, well, now what's he worked with an ACL tear? Well, they're doing amazing work, you know, with ACL these days. And so I do think that he is a guy that will make a full recovery and, and have a good college career provided he can stay healthy. So there's no way, there's no way you pull the plug in that deal at all. I think you stay after him until the very end, and you just kind of see you know, how things progress. I, I mentioned earlier we weren't weren't expected to sign R.J. Moss in December. Of course, that could change between now and then. But, uh, you know, I, there's another player I don't expect to sign. I mentioned that on the show, and I got a couple of questions about that as well. So here's how this works. So we've got um, Dakota Jordan, who has been committed to Mississippi State since December 11th. So he's been committed to State over a year. Ole Miss has worked hard to try to flip him several times. That faded in the fall. Derek Nix, though, was still very involved with him in the spring and summer. Don't know if they've reconnected or not. But the reality of it is he is a Major League Baseball prospect, and so there is a possibility that he could sign a pro baseball contract in the summer and then forego college. So you know what, I'm going to go chase my pro baseball dreams and not even go to school. So if you sign him and then you lose him, you lose the scholarship for the year. You can't go back and replace him. You know, the days of over-signing are behind us. You can't say, okay, well, I'm going to go sign, you know, one over expecting one of these guys not to make it because then if they all make it, then you've got to release somebody, and that's the last thing you want to do. 
that happened to LSU a few years ago, which kind of led to the SEC really clamping down on oversigning. So you don't sign him, and let's say you have a grant available and he gets to the draft and decides, hey, I'm going to go to college and play football. Well, then you can sign him then if you have a grant available for 2022. And if you don't, you can wait and sign him once fall camp begins, and then his scholarship would count towards the next year. You see what I'm saying? So it's basically like a blue shirt, basically. Now, you're, you're not protected. You know, he could always still sign with somebody else. But the reality of it is Mississippi State has to kind of hedge their bet a little bit here just to ensure. So those will be two guys, as of today, we don't expect to sign in December. That's not to say we won't sign them later. But R.J. Moss and Dakota Jordan, I don't look for them to be announced as signees on Wednesday. And if it doesn't happen, don't panic. There's already a, a plan in place. And I think sometimes people, oh, well, what happened here? Well, you, you can tell them because you'll know. We love him. We think Dakota Jordan is awesome. But we got to wait and see what's going to happen with the draft before we sign him. That's just smart recruiting. It is risky, but it's also smart recruiting because if you sign him and lose the grant, you know, you don't get to make that up. You just don't. Okay, Trent Ramsey, offensive line prospect out of Tampa. We fully expect him to be a Bulldog on Wednesday, which really begins to give your offensive line class some real girth. You know, we've talked about this. Let me run this down for you guys, too. You know, we've had Jackson LeHue, your most recent commitment. I'm going to tell you guys now, if you have not watched his film, you are absolutely missing the boat. I could not believe – I saw his ranking. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. You can look at his senior film that we have asked to have his ranking reviewed. Jackson LeHue, 6'5", 285 pounder. Jackson Cannon from Ola High School, McDonough, Georgia, 6'5", 310 pounder. Lucas Taylor out of St. Paul's Episcopal who helped pave the way to a 20-0 win in the Miss Al game for Alabama. Listed at 6'5", 310, might be closer to 6'4". He'll eventually be a center project, I, I suspect. But you're beginning to get some size and girth on this offensive line. You look at some of these other guys that we're still targeting here. Yeah, I mentioned Trent Ramsey, and I, I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, he'll be a bulldog. But, you know, Percy Lewis, 6'8", 360, probably needs to drop a few pounds, but got some real length. Trent Ramsey's listed at 6'4", 275. I'm told, me, I'm told he's bigger than that. So – we used to have these mammoth offensive linemen that really couldn't move, and then we'd go out and get some tree stump guy that could, and we'd kind of put a hodgepodge together. But you're beginning to see the air raid offensive line recruiting efforts kind of come to fruition. You're getting those bigger physical guys with a, a longer wingspan that can cover those bigger splits. I mean, you look, Cole Smith's a guy. Cole Smith at Mississippi State – I mean, he is meaner than a striped snake, man. This guy loves Mississippi State, loves playing for Mississippi State, but he's not your prototypical air raid offensive lineman. But he's going to play. I think things got better on the offensive line when Cole was moving to starting lineup. You know, we didn't have a lot of these silly penalties. We didn't have a lot of the holding calls. I mean, the guy's a technician. Not the biggest guy, but he plays big. He's gotten stronger. Dollar Bill Johnson's a guy too that uh, you know played well in the Ole Miss game. I, I think when if just think if we had made the move earlier and, and moved Scott Lashley out and put Cam Jones out there at right tackle and put Cam at left guard, maybe it's a different ball game. Maybe we made the adjustment too late. But the reality of it is, is you know Cole Smith's a guy too that probably would not have been signed by Mike Leach just because he didn't fit the metrics for the position. 
but he's making up for it and want to in toughness. But when you begin to look and see what we're signing these days, you know, with length, size, weight, it's a different day and time. So we're beginning to kind of stack some of these classes together. I do like this offensive line class better than last year's. I do. And you can say, well, Steve, I thought it was a pretty good class. It was. You got some developmental guys because, you know, you got those JUCO guys, so you're not exactly sure how they're going to pan out. Nick Jones might be your starting left tackle against Texas Tech and Liberty Bowl. Carson Williams hadn't played a whole lot this year. Albert Reese is a guy we're really excited about. Ken and Boone could be a future center for you. You know, so you feel good about those guys, but I like this group better. I think, again, Mason Miller trending in the right direction late on these offensive linemen, late. Now, we talk a little bit about receivers, and I suspect that we're always going to be talking about receivers. Don't you? Because as long as Mike Leach and Steve Spurrier Jr. are here, we're going to be chasing wide receivers. We're always going to be looking for skill. It's a basic tenet of the offense, right? So currently, currently Mississippi State's got four receivers committed, right? You guys are well aware of this. Marquez Dorch visited last weekend. Don't expect any drama with him. Xavier Thomas visited this weekend. He says he's just ready to sign, ready to go. No advancement from LSU errors of late. We'll be watching that for the next two days because we know we saw with Malik Neighbors last year. Caden Pope out of Hardin County, Tennessee, of course, he visited this summer, committed back in November. And then Janoris Hobson from Horn Lake, who uh, led Team Mississippi in receiving yards. It was a modest number because they only threw for about 70 yards. Just kind of struggled to get the offense going. It's tough to do that in an all-star game. A lot of people put way too much emphasis in an all-star game. It's difficult to build chemistry and rapport in four days. I think it's six practices. It's tough. It is. But you got four committed. But it looks like there may be a fifth one. That's Tyrese Chambers from Florida International. Visited over the weekend. And listen, I'll be honest with you, he was a secret visitor too. We weren't sure that he was going to come. But he did. And Tyrese Chambers is a guy that's put up some big numbers. Huge numbers. At Florida International. He's got a couple years left to play. He is a Baltimore native. In 2021, 45 catches, 1,074 yards, an average of 24 yards a catch, nine touchdowns, a long of 91. This is a guy that can put, pick him up, put him down. Six foot one, 185-pound guy. And here's the deal, too. If you're a transfer wide receiver – and you see what Mississippi State has done with Makai Polk, you think Starkville would be a reasonable destination for you. I think this one is probably going to work out. I, I'm Right now I'm projecting him to be a Bulldog. And so if we run the list down again, and of course there's some other targets out there, I won't be surprised to see a late offer to a cornerback prospect, a high school guy, to ensure that we have some numbers there. But if we're running through here now, Percy Lewis, I like Mississippi State. I give it a thumbs up, but not an emphatic thumbs up. I think State is okay. I feel good about it, not great. I may feel differently Wednesday. But this is, again, still an outright war. DeCarlos Nicholson, I feel pretty good about him. Pretty good. Not good, not great, pretty good. There's a reason he committed to Kentucky in the first place, right? And so the reality of it is now we're facing the prospect of having to go 
you know, several hours away from home, whereas you could play just up the road at Mississippi State. So I feel good. Marcus Banks, I just don't have a read on it. And until you can talk to him, you just don't know what he's thinking. So I have no read on this. I won't be surprised if he signs. I'll be pleasantly surprised if he does. But I won't be shocked if he doesn't. Avery Sledge, I expect him to be a Bulldog. I don't I really think there's any question about that. Calvin Dinkins, I expect him to be a Bulldog. I feel great about this. I do. And I will be disappointed if he likes not to sign in December because I think that he is a guy that is kind of like Cameron Young. Just, he is a developmental offense, a defensive tackle that I believe will be a really good player in a couple of years. Kamari Rogers, I'm not expecting him to be a part of the class. And again, I'll be pleasantly surprised if he is. Now, I've been told that his mom really doesn't want him going that far from home. So we'll see. That's a long way. It's a long way from Gluckstadt, Mississippi. And yes, he plays at, uh, you know, Holmes County Central there in Lexington. But it's a long way to Coral Gables from Madison County, Mississippi. A long way. So we'll see. But I've been told throughout the process that, uh, you know, that while he was committed to Miami, he was still working through things. So, I, again, I won't be surprised if he commits. It'll be a pleasant surprise because I think that would be a state's getting a really good player. But I won't be shocked if he sticks with Miami. Uh, Trent Ramsey, fully expecting him to be a Bulldog. I don't think there's any question about that. And, again, you're beginning to see the air raid blocking scheme kind of come to fruition. It's like we look at how much better they were this year. It took quite a jump this year compared to last year. And it's really not even close. And this is not even what players recruited to play in this scheme. So as these guys get the system down and you bring in guys that are more, you know, equipped physically to run this scheme, but you're giving them some time to develop behind the the veterans, I think it bodes well for the future. Offensive line is the most important position in the game. No matter what anybody says or does, that's the reality of it. If you can't block to run, you can't run. If you can't protect the quarterback, you can't throw. It's the most important position on the field. So I like the makings of this offensive line class. And these are guys, too, that all of them had multiple uh, opportunities to go elsewhere. You get Jackson Cannon in the boat pretty early. State was his first Power 5 offer, and he has told all comers, I'm going to Mississippi State. Trent Ramsey, of course, Jackson LeHue, uh, you know, those guys, several offers of the Power 5. And, of course, Lucas Taylor flips from LSU. And uh, it's, it's interesting. We always have that segment of self-loathing Mississippi State fan base. Oh, LSU dropped him. Well, yeah, you go ahead and believe their spin if you want to. If that's the case, why did, why did he flip the rookie from them to us? But the reality of it is, is LSU continued to pursue him even after he was committed to Mississippi State and tried to get him on campus for an official visit. So you believe what you want. But you're not getting the leftovers. That's kind of the point that I'm making. Whether you get Percy Lewis or not, and again, I still expect that to happen. Again, not a firm thumbs up. Not an exclamation point. Not shouting from the rooftops. Because I still think there's some work to do there. But you're beginning to see this all kind of come together. Not to mention, you got Sawyer Robertson on campus that I think is going to be an absolute freak. So that's how I see it today. Now, could some other names emerge in the last 48 hours? You know, does Tyler Woodard get back on the radar? I was told yesterday that State was still in contact with him. He's a former Mississippi State commitment. Had a kind of a shaky workout in camp. Actually put some pretty good senior film together. Could State double back to him? Because I think you've got to go get a high school cornerback somewhere out there. If Kamari wants to come, you take him. If not, you got to get someone somewhere else. You have to. Can you afford 
to wait until February. Well, we learned last year there's not a lot of value in a cornerback position after the December signing period. If it were up to me and Kamari wasn't coming, and I don't think he is, I'm getting Tyler Woodard on board. And I'm not going to take my chances in a transfer portal. I'm not going to take my chances there'll be a high school guy available late. We've just found that premium positions like defensive tackle and cornerback, there's just not a lot of value left post-December. So we'll live and learn. All right, listen, that's going to do it for today. And again, update on Dogpile. I do not expect it before Christmas. And again, nobody has told me that for sure. But I'm not a moron, right? If they were expecting this book to be in, they would have already contacted us and said, hey, you can get all your stuff together. Uh, you guys have got to be ready to offload books or whatever. You know, my publisher hadn't received any notification for that. So I'm just going to take it out expect them in January. Expect them in January. And we'll get a firm delivery date here in a few days. Of course, they're working on what they're working on. And uh, unfortunately, we're not a part of that. And it's very, very, very frustrating for me. And you guys have been so great. You people have reached out. And I said, hey, guys, here's the deal. Everybody's like, hey, Steve, don't worry about it. And thank you for that because I, w- I was so stressed as this thing began to drag on. It's my name on the book, right? And I, I have used that phrase many times over the last few years in writing books. You know, when you know, there's a mistake made or maybe perhaps something didn't write and lay out. You know, if, if an editor makes a mistake, you don't know who they are. If the printer makes a mistake, you don't know who they are. You can't go contact them on Twitter. You contact me. And there's a lot of times I can't do anything about it, but I'm always happy to help, and I'm always happy to return your messages. And, and listen, people are like, Steve, I'm so sorry to bother you. You know, we're in this thing together, and I appreciate your support. And we've sold thousands of these books. And I worked hard to make sure you guys would have them under the Christmas tree, but unfortunately, it doesn't look like that's going to happen unless there's a Christmas miracle here in the next couple of days. I just don't expect it to happen. My focus right now is on getting through NAFL signing day, providing you guys great coverage, uh, recording some good shows for you, and then I'm going to start you know, beating the bushes again You know, once we get through this week and kind of be in an irritant and get you guys an actual delivery day. So uh, I'll follow up with them when I can. You know, Of course, uh, my publisher, actually, my rep with the publisher is out of the office this week. I guess they're doing some, uh, some early holiday stuff. But uh, as I learn information, I will share it. I, I apologize from the depths of my heart. If there was something that I could do to fix it, I would. I'd go up there and supervise the uh, printing process myself if I had to, if I thought that that would – uh, get the books here any sooner but uh, I can't wait for you guys to have it it is the best thing that I have written if I do say so myself if you're looking for late gear late gifts you can still buy personalized copies of Flim Flam Stark Villains and Alpha Dogs Blooms of Oleander if you want those personalized you got to order them through Book Martin Cafe if you don't care about them being signed you can always get them on Amazon BarnesandNoble.com BooksMillion.com or through your local bookstore Always happy to help, and I appreciate all your support. If you're looking for Stark Villains merch, and many of you are, several people have reached out and said, hey, I'm buying this for my my husband for Christmas. So thank you for that. Go to StarkVillains.com. I'll be back with you guys soon. I don't know if it's tomorrow. I don't know if we'll do a preview show and do like a recruiting spectacular Wednesday. We'll just have to see how the day goes on Tuesday. I'll do my best, but I can't make any promises. But you'll definitely hear from me on Wednesday. Until then. Let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Hopefully this is the last time you'll hear this ad. Because with Chime checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, 
you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com goals 24. That's chime.com goals 24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.